Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Today, we're going to mix it up a little bit. I will hit the issues of the day, but um, I, I definitely want to do something a little bit different today. I want to get a little bit heavier in scripture. Um, those of you that are born again believers, you might be uh, happy with that. If you're not, um, please indulge me. It's not going to be, um, I, I did not go to a seminary or do a Bible college, so I, um, I'm not going to uh, be too preachy here. But um, I mean, things have happened to me in the last week to the point where it, it, it has just become so apparent to me, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, that, you know, we cannot talk to one another. And I know I've said that a thousand times on this show, but uh, it, it's getting to the point where unless you're very, very friendly with someone, you don't even dare uh, wade into the issues of the day. And we have some um, stories on on the cancel culture, uh, if you will, or the thought police or the, the Antifa, uh, excuse me, Antifa types that, um, blunt free speech at every, uh, corner. Um, you know, if you're friendly with somebody, you can talk about the issues of the day. As I've said before, iron sharpens iron, but, um, you know, if, if you are less than really good friends with somebody, uh, coworkers, stranger, whatever, and you try to talk about any of the things that are going on today, rioting in the streets, uh, COVID-19, um, uh, statues coming down, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, any of those things, good luck. You ain't going to do it. And and as I've said a thousand times on this show, the, the, to me, the sliver of individuals out there that can really talk about these things without getting not only shouted down, but in some instances, unfortunately beaten down is starting to really become small. And I think we, um, you know, I don't think we, we do need God more than ever during these times. And we need to understand the people that we have issues with, or we, we see as, um, screwing up the culture or whatever. So what I'd like to do today is just kind of run down the issues of the day and then um, read a little scripture and, and delve into the scripture a little bit um, a little bit deeper than I usually do on this show. We, we, we kind of intersect religion and politics and that's all well and good. Um, today it might be a little bit more religion, but um, don't tune out because it, it, it is a, a word for you, a message for this country and we, we sorely need it. So what I can do is I, I will go through the issues of the day, kind of rapid fire, not really comment on them too much, but then I'll, I'll hit um, one of my favorite books of the Bible, Colossians, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If, if you do have a Bible out there or uh, a, you know an app on your phone, you can follow along, but um I'm, I'm going to kind of start and stop with the scripture and just, just I don't know, just kind of tell you my own personal observations about uh, how I kind of navigate life. And, and I feel that if more people did that, we might at least be able to talk to one another to some degree. Um, so the issues of the day, uh, interesting stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's all the we are slowly but surely marching down the uh, the election path of 2020 here at, um, what is it, uh, f- five months out. 
four months out. Um, the first article that I see here, it says Trump must drive Biden's negatives up. And uh, the next one is uh, Fauci hasn't breached or excuse me, hasn't briefed Trump on COVID-19 for months, which I find to be amazing. Next one I uh, printed was uh, Nancy Pelosi says people will do what they do. Um, Her very uh, short but sweet um, synopsis of uh, statues all over the country toppling down, um, which is a colossal understatement and oversimplification of of a very troubling uh, phenomenon that is going on out there. Uh, the next one would be Biden and Sanders. They are forming a task force to adopt and expand socialized medicine. Uh, those of you that have listened to this show with any degree of regularity, um, one, one of my areas of expertise happens to be uh, healthcare, and uh, I am very passionate about um, the educating people on, on the horrors of socialized medicine has so many terrible ramifications. And uh, if there were ever a time in this country with this COVID-19 uh, pandemic going on to not adopt socialized medicine, it certainly would be now. And yet again, in order to get some traction and, and uh, vanquish Donald Trump, if you will, um, Biden, Sanders, et al. are, are resurrecting uh, the socialized medicine drumbeat once again. So uh, we can discuss that. Lastly, I see the Supreme Court has uh, struck a couple of victories in some recent decisions for freedom of religion, which is always um, always a good sign. So love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump, uh, he vowed to um, appoint judges that were uh, strict uh, constructionist uh, judges that love and understand and interpret our Constitution and are not trying to legislate from the bench. Um, very happy with the Gorsuch decision. Uh, I thought Kavanaugh, before all the craziness, was um, was a little light. However, um, after, and I've said this uh, publicly many times, after what that man has been through, I cut him uh, a tremendous amount of slack. If he, uh, if he is what he is and he's not um, a, a, uh, a Judge Thomas or an Alito, I, uh, my heart breaks for that man every day when I recall what he and his family have gone through and can, will continue to go through for the rest of their life. But um, Donald Trump, if he is reelected, and that is one of the reasons that uh, of, of several that people do not want him to be reelected is, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not going to live forever. And there are other judges on the uh, on the bench that are getting old and are um, in the best of health, if you will. And uh, so Donald Trump is, is at the ready to appoint another uh, strict constructionist, hopefully. And that really uh, irritates the left, scares the left. So that's why, among many, many other things, they are pulling out every single trick in the book to try to get uh, Donald Trump defeated in November. So, but what I, um, as, I, as I said before, what I wanted to do was, excuse me, what I wanted to do was um, 
kind of go through Colossians, and and I think going through Colossians will help you and I in order to uh, educate however God wants us to educate within our orb or sphere of influence. Uh, we all have a mission here, and that, uh, you know, the the culture is, is quite secondary to the mission of um, preaching the good news of, of, of Jesus Christ and uh leading people to Jesus Christ and to make a decision to uh, follow Christ. Uh, that is first and foremost why we are, any of us are here. But uh, secondarily, uh, we live in this culture and we will live in this culture in, uh, for a long time and uh, until Jesus comes back or he calls us home. And um, we are going to have to learn how to speak to one another, how to influence one another, to speak up for... Um, uh, right versus wrong, rather than just retreating and hiding under our bed, uh, going to church, giving a little money to the church, and just you know, marking days on the calendar. That's not what God has in mind for us. So um, I thought I would start with uh, the book of Colossians, which is interesting. It is um, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a gathering of believers in the city of Colossae, and. Um, as he has done many times, uh, the Apostle Paul was writing from a jail cell. Now, that is very noteworthy because um, if you look at it, you know, the Apostle Paul had plenty of problems of his own to worry about, yet he was selflessly uh, concerned with others. Uh, I think if you and I were in a jail cell, it would be very hard-pressed to, to want to uh, forward the gospel or change the culture we would be very much concerned with our own problems. And the Apostle Paul obviously was, was human and he probably was concerned with what was going to happen to him. But first and foremost, he uh, he put God first and the concerns of others and their following of Jesus Christ in the, in the proper manner far more ahead of, of any suffering that he was going through. And Although you and I may not be the Apostle Paul or ever, uh, you know, have the fortitude to to endure what he did for our Lord, we should certainly try to emulate that. So he was concerned as the Colossians were adding extra rules and false teachings to the Word of God, and his, you know, basically his overarching message to them was that Jesus Himself was all that you need. You really don't need anything else. Um, Jesus is sufficient and they were adding things to the word of God and, and sprinkling in little false teaching. And when the apostle Paul got the word on that, he wanted to get the message out to those guys loud and clear that, um, you are new creatures in Christ. You, the, the old things that you had in your life should be purged and we should take on, some new things. He urged them as new believers to shake off their old self and put on a new self, if you will. So we'll go through a list of things that Paul cautions us to run from. Many of these things, uh, that's why I'm doing this, are, are things that are plaguing all of us today during these tumultuous times. And so I, I, I think, you know, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Fox. Don't listen to CNN. Don't listen to Trump. Don't listen to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, just 
stick with the word of God. Uh, and when you are confused on what it, what in the world is going on today, when you want to know what your role in that is or who to vote for, or what should I say at the school board meeting, anything it's WWJD. We, we have to get up in the morning until our head hits the pillow at night. What would Jesus do? What would he want me to do in these times? So, um, as much as Jesus Christ was not in any way, shape, manner, or form a politician, um, one of the reasons that he was so hated is because he did get up in the village square and called it like he saw it. When he saw wrong, he called out wrong. Um, most of the time, he did that in a very, very loving manner. Sometimes he did it in an angry manner. Um but most of the time, uh, his his message was true, very cutting, very indicting, but very um, uh, loving in nature, and it attracted rather than repelled. There were some times that he was very angry, and I, I think a lot of us out there, I have anger issues, uh, other people do. I think uh, when we when we have this uh, rage and animus for folks on the left, let's just say. We tend to always uh, like to quote scripture when uh, Jesus overturned the uh, tables of the money changers, and he had some terse words to say more than a few times about the Pharisees. But I think if we look at the totality of the Word of God, the extraordinarily vast majority of the time, Jesus was uh, was pretty chill. Uh, his his comments were certainly not chill. They were bigger than life. They were cutting. They were indicting. They were the word of God for, you know. However, um, his demeanor was always steeped in love. And I think that's the way we have to operate. And, you know, I I just ticked off five or six issues of the day. Uh, What do they do for you as a a person on the right or a faith-based voter? They anger you. And um, we're going to have to learn how to navigate this planet um, in a manner where if, if we see wrong, we, we call it out, but we do it in whatever way the Lord wants us to do. And, and your, your mission to change the culture may look vastly different than mine, which may look vastly different from the next person's, but um, you and God will figure that out. And when you do, you're, you should probably go about it as Paul charges us to do here in Colossians. So let me start with uh, Colossians 3. Uh, it says, Living as those made alive in Christ, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now, these are the money verses, which I have highlighted. And uh, let's let's kind of drink them in when we... Uh, see a video, listen to a talking head on the radio or television, when we read uh, a newspaper article that um, infuriates us because we, we see wrong, we see 
a way of looking at life that does not correlate with our way of looking at life and dare I say uh, the way that God would like us to look at life. So the, these verses coming up that I've highlighted are things that we, we really should park on and kind of drink in and be mindful of as we proceed. Um, it says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Now, I'm speaking as Paul is to the born again believer, but these are principles. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you still probably should adopt if you um, if you care about this culture and see the craziness and tumult and mayhem going on out there and you would like to affect it or you are concerned of how it's affecting you and your family and you'd like to do a little bit more than vote for a guy or a gal with an R next to their name and pay your taxes and just go home. So um, Colossians 3.8 has always been a very go-to verse for me and a very indicting verse. Um, it says, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Um, we could take each and every one of those problems and spend a show on them. I'm not going to do that, but, you know, I am I am just, you know, challenged as you are every single day when I open a newspaper or watch television or anything, when I see what I see and the charge here is don't be angry. Well, what does that mean? I mean, don't, don't be angry. I mean, there is righteous indignation, isn't it? Um, yes, there is. But that's not what this verse is talking about. This is the garden variety anger that many of us have all day long. And I'm telling you, you, you will be an island at some point in time if your life in your life, if you are always angry, people will see you, your friends, your family, your co-workers, associates, um, um, casual observers, as a toxic human being, if you are angry 24-7. I mean, what do you think when you look at some of the folks that are um, toppling statues, uh, giving store owners beatdowns for no other reason that they just happen to be there defending their property against anarchists? Um, those individuals are pretty angry. Uh, do we have to understand at some point in time why they're angry? Yeah, we do. Um, rage, malice, uh, slander. I mean, uh, are, are people slandering people left, right, and crazy? Uh, libel's not in there, but libel is, is um, you know, the, the cousin of slander, if you will. When people are maligning people, taking their words out of context, lying about them, publicly uh, to the point of defamation of character. Uh, these are things that Paul warned against that that many of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, uh, filthy language, that's a big problem these days. Um, these are things that we used to engage in and now we are new creatures. We have Christ in us. Are, are we still going to feel all of these things? Are we still going to be inclined to want to do all these things, particularly when we see something that is clearly wrong? A store owner getting a beat down just by standing out there defending their property? Yeah, of course we are. But we are to um, check ourselves, if you will, understand that we are new creatures in Christ. And 
uh, as observers, as people that just go back home, hunker down and put forth a game plan with the Lord. Like, how am I going to, what is, what is my role in this God? How do I, how do I talk to my neighbor who is a reasonable human being, but thinks, um, these protesters have a right to destroy cop cars or have a right to run police officers out of their barracks and just say, go home. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it. You know, how, how do I do that? You know, I, I thought my neighbor was a reasonable human, but he seems to be somewhat sympathetic with some of this craziness. How do I even talk to him? Well, uh, I, I can assure you, I, I, th- there's no simple answer to that, but how you do talk to him is not with anger. It's not with rage. It's not with malice or slander. Certainly isn't with filthy language, but as I, as I started out with earlier in the show here, I have found it to be just exceedingly more and more and more difficult these days, um, unless you are bosom buddies with somebody and even family members, uh, that, that goes south real quick and neighbors and loved ones, um, unless you're really close with somebody and they know your heart and they know if you wade into saying something that may not be accurate, they can correct you and you can correct them. And as I said, iron sharpens iron. That's cool. But you step out of that realm of being friendly with somebody and having a friendly discussion about race, about healthcare, about taxes, about Donald Trump in general. Um, you are fast entering a world where people are, are literally in a boxing match and they are circling and they're just looking for little openings and those openings may be you or that person saying one stupid buzzword and then it's all over um your level of thought and care and concern and christ-like uh behavior is out the window and so is theirs and they take that one little phrase um probably misunderstand it put you in a box and then it's all over. Oh, you're one of them. Well, let me tell you why you and you, the people that think like you are from Satan. And then they go crazy. And then that person uh, feels backed up and they might go crazy. And um, at the end of the day, what has been forwarded? You know, a lot of you uh, faith-based voters love Donald Trump and, and he's done a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when he when he does the provocative tweaking of his uh, loyal base, um, a lot of times he's not attracting, he's repelling, and he's feeding his base, which is all well and good to be elected. Uh, The game of politics is the game of politics. But as far as what would Jesus do, would Jesus use that rhetoric? Um, In many instances, he falls far short. And my, my problem was always and still continues to be with born-again Christians, evangelicals, faith-based voters, whatever you want to call them, that seem to really look the other way quite often on some of Donald Trump's uh, rhetoric and some of the things he tries to attempt to do. And and they, they very quickly run to this, um, well, in general, he's dot, 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 which again, gets me back to the lesser of two evils argument that we're not going to go down today. But um, anyway, um, 
Colossians continues, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let's park on that for a little while. Do you have, as a person, let's just say on the right, we won't even say Christian or any of these other words, somebody on the right that sees what you see and hears what you hear every day about the the absolute craziness and mayhem in this country, Do you have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience with individuals that are perpetrating all of this chaos? Let's just pause right there. Now, am I implying in any way, shape, manner, or form that if somebody is beating you or your loved one down with a um, two-by-four, or they are, um, if you're a police officer, taking your cop car and putting gas on it and lighting it and telling you to hit the road, um, your barracks is now my barracks. Um, No, I, I am not saying just walk away. I'm saying in general, because as heinous as those things are, and they are occurring much more than we would like them to occur, obviously, in general, the biggest problem in this country is not people stealing cop cars and torching them or breaking into um, gun stores and stealing guns or whatever. That's obviously a problem. The biggest problem is the discourse, the uh, lack of educational uh, uh, foundation that most people have and people's ability to, to discuss the issues of the day, talk to one another, influence one another, shape one another. Um, that's what I'm talking about. And this is, that's what these verses are, are, are alluding to. Um, in general, when we're speaking to somebody at the water cooler, at the soccer practice, if we ever have soccer practice again because of COVID, um, the chicken barbecue, if we ever have those again, you, you know, you get the point. Um, are you practicing compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience with those individuals that you have a big problem with. You know that they're uh, a certain political persuasion. You know that they voted for somebody that you're pretty sure, based on your research, that the person they voted for in their personal life, in their way of governance and or legislative uh, record, has absolutely nothing to do with the word of God. They voted for a political hack that just says whatever they need to say to get elected. And those governors, presidents, uh, politicians, let's say in general, are doing things that are really harming the culture. How do you talk to that person? Now, a lot of you, because you have this attitude, hey man, politics is not my thing. We'll let you guys do the heavy lifting. I'm going to vote for people with R's next to their name. Not always a good idea. Um, I'm going to throw some money in the plate 
I'm going to throw a few prayers up to God. Um, please heal this nation. It's going crazy. And I'm just going to work and provide for my family. That's all well and good, but I, I don't think any of us are charged to just kind of sit on our hands. And I know it, it bugs people. It, it, there, there are people that are a lot, are very much conflict averse. I get that. I, I think more people should probably be conflict averse and you know conflict less. But we live in this world. Um, God may not be calling you that I'm speaking to right now to, um, you know, be a talk show host, um, uh, in one manner or another, or to, to get out and slap your uh, neighbor in the head and, and any of that stuff. But he is calling you to talk to these people. Um, and if there are differences, to be almost like, uh, I, I, I keep using boxing analogies, but I, I, almost like two boxers that are out uh, in the ring in the beginning of the fight and they are looking for openings um i'm not saying that i want you to knock anybody out please don't (laughs) misunderstand me but um if the objective in a boxing match is to knock the other person out that's all well and good your objective is to first and foremost uh forward the kingdom and sometimes these issues of the day can actually get in the way of you doing that. But in, a, in an odd way, they can actually help you as well. So whether you're talking to somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ or a fellow believer that knows Jesus Christ, and it just seems to be a little wayward, um, like these Colossians were, um, how are you speaking to that person? How has God instructed you to speak to that person? And it's very, very difficult. Those of you that are political junkies, you watch Fox all night, you listen to talk radio all day, you read, you're very educated on what the Constitution says, and then you you run smack dab into somebody that is a nice person. They may even go to your church, and they... Their opinions are pretty wacky. The people they vote for are pretty wacky. And you just want to wring their neck. You 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 got to stop. As I said earlier, you got to check yourself. Um, the next uh, Colossians 3.13, the next verse here says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Um. Uh, we should bear with these people. We should be like back to the boxing thing. We should be looking for openings. We don't need to deliver the knockout blow. Um, if if they come to the Lord, if they don't know the Lord, that's great. If they say, yeah, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I'm not down with um, the police forces being defunded. And uh, I, I just saw an article today that uh, it said 75% in a recent poll, a Pew poll, are not in any way, shape, manner, or form down with um, this ravaging, this proposed ravaging of police forces all over the country and defunding here, there, and everywhere. That's that's good news. But um, you you box, you spar a little bit, you find common ground. Um, and when you find that common ground, you expand on that. And you don't have to go for the knockout punch at the chicken barbecue. Um, you're going to see your neighbor again, and you're going to see him again, and you're going to see him again. You'll probably see, you know, COVID-19 restrictions withstanding. You'll probably see him 10 more times before, let's just say, November. 
And there's there's more on the ballot than just uh, Trump and Biden. There's all sorts of municipalities and and, uh, regions and states that are going through very critical elections. You may see that person 10 more times. Build on that. Um, The more discussions we have with people that are of different thought processes um, and the more civil they are, the more we will come together, the more educated people will be and the better this culture is going to be. Uh, Many people on the far left, everything I'm saying is absolutely foreign to them or if it's not foreign to them and they do understand it, they will try their best either in, in the executive branch wherever they are or the legislative or judicial branch wherever they are um, to thwart what I'm saying because the best way to manipulate a, uh, a citizenry is to keep them stupid, to keep them dumb, fat, and happy and send them checks from a centralized government and to ha- have them be ignorant of the past and the history of this country. Um, you would not, you would be surprised of, of how much of a problem this is, uh, you know, it, it would be far too simple to say that people are running around like crazy people and they're just um, looting and vandalizing uh, for the sake of vandalizing. It would be it would be very naive to think that many of those individuals are just, you know, running crazy and and they cannot be educated Many of those individuals are the way they are because they have been either taught in a school that the United States of America is evil uh, to its core, or they've not been taught anything at all by anybody in a, in a um, in a structured family environment, or they've not been educated in the public school. And many of the um, much of their conduct, at least in their own mind is a result of how they perceive the United States, the world around them. And in, I mean, people, some people are indeed mentally disturbed and those people are, are very hard to reason with. But the vast majority of the people that I'm talking about today are people that if you feel that the Bible is the way and you feel that these principles that I'm reading to you today are the way, and if you think conservative thought to a lesser extent is what this country needs and, and uh, an understanding of the Constitution, who we are, what we're all about, what our neighbor's about, um, if you think that that is good and true and honest, you really can't keep that under your hat. And you're going to have to find a way to talk to people. And, and as I started with here, Paul's being pretty selfless. He's in a He's in a box. He could be worried about a lot more things than other people, but he's not. He's worried about the word of God and other people. You know, I, I get it. You know, in crazy times when you could be unemployed next week, you could be um, in a hospital bed next week. You could get a beat down next week. In, in, a, in a world like that, it's it's a lot to ask somebody to speak up at the water cooler about something uh, because w- we are seeing those on the left that are very, very successful um, of getting people removed for saying dumb things, ignorant things. 
And, and sometimes things that are just not dumb or ignorant, they're just true and they're getting removed too. So the left does not like discussion. They like to forward propaganda. They like to blunt discussion. Antifa, very interesting name. Um, it's a, supposed to be an anti-fascist group. At the at their core, they're fascist. Um, their their mantra or their their objective is to go to college campuses when when conservatives or Christians speak and just shout them down, burn things down, say you're not welcome here. Your 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 opinion is not welcome here, and we 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 do not want to live in a world like that. So I'm not urging anybody to get in harm's way. Um, these principles are extraordinarily difficult to execute when you're in a melee in the city of Philadelphia. I get it. Um, but I'm talking about in normal conversation in just pick and choose your battles, pick and choose your openings. Um, and overall, uh, Colossians 14 continues, these virtues uh, are put in love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I've said this for years. Um, do you folks on the right love Bill Clinton? Do you love Hillary Clinton? Do you love Barack Obama? Do you love Joe Biden? Do you love Bernie Sanders? Um, do you pray for them? Or do you just hate their guts and their principles and wish they would just go away? Um, pray for individuals. People change. Um, how you speak to individuals that voted for those people is very important. The discussion never starts. And and oftentimes you hear people on the left that are somewhat reasonable. When they get to know someone on the right, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, wow, I never knew. I thought you were A, B, C, D. They're, they're box checkers. I thought you were one of these. And the, the top four or five really horrible negative things that come to mind to a right-wing uh conservative guy um, that's who I thought you were and uh, after two or three discussions with you man you're none of those things I think you're pretty reasonable I don't agree with you on half of the stuff that comes out of your mouth but I, I quite frankly didn't know half the stuff that came out of your mouth because you were so vilified by people that I trust and, and news entities that I trust maybe I should go back liberal speaking here to those entities or those people and say wait a minute you know, this guy or this gal is not all those evil things that you said they were. And, you know, it cuts both ways. You know, don't think that just because somebody has a D next to their name, they are agents of Satan. Um, there's a lot of wonderful people, a lot of people leading people to Christ and doing a lot of um, good things culturally um, that are Democrats. Don't um, don't believe your news sources, entities, and favorite talk show hosts when they say all Democrats are this and Democrats are that. Uh, sometimes we speak in generalities and uh, oftentimes we misspeak. So, But we don't know any of that because we don't get off the launch pad and try to understand why people think the way they think. Try to give people an opportunity to clarify what has been said about them. We go back up to slander uh, in verse eight here in Colossians. We don't do any of that. We're just too busy picking up our dry cleaning and dropping our kids off or whatever, and working hard and uh, you know making sure we have a weed-free lawn um, to really stop and kind of understand, you know, 
my neighbor who has a uh, uh, a political sign in his front yard. I always thought he was crazy. You know, maybe, maybe I should kind of talk to him at the local chicken barbecue or at the, uh, the the Acme when I see him in the produce aisle or whatever. I don't know if you can get that close to the Acme with the, these days, but and 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 you know, start the discussion, and then maybe the third, fourth, fifth discussion. I'll say, hey, Bob. I, I noticed that you have, um, you know, a political sign in your lawn that says this. Um, what's up with that? And then Bob may tell you, oh, I don't even know who the heck that is. That's my uh, that's my wife's cousin's um, barber. Ask us if we could put that up because their um, friend is running for school board. I don't even know who it is. Well, uh, there's an example. Uh, for for six months, you hated Bob guts. Bob's guts. You thought he was one of those people, and he just threw a yard sign up. He's not even political. You know, we, we don't even take the time to understand why people think they, the way they do, and and oftentimes it is not even ideological. It is it, it's not even based on anything that makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes it's just ignorance. Uh, innocence. I've been asked to throw political signs up in my yard. And, you know, years ago, until I got tired of people, you know, turfing my turf and whacking down my mailbox and stealing my signs, I don't do it anymore. But I, I recall situations where people said, hey, you know, my um, my son-in-law is running for this. Can you put a sign up? The guy seemed to be pretty reasonable, threw the sign up and then found out later I would never put that sign up. The guy wasn't crazy or anything, but he certainly didn't have my values, you know, and, and somebody could have saw that sign, made a decision, uh, a judgment on me, and then it's all over. I I, uh, I oftentimes tell people the story here in Philadelphia, um, driving around, listening to talk radio way before the days of... Um, of, uh, you know, the internet or phones or uh, podcasts or any of that stuff. You you were pretty much at the mercy of whatever rusty pole you were near and whatever signal that um, gave off in order to hear a talk show host. And if you were out in rural America, you were pretty out of luck. And I remember in Philadelphia, I, I, I was in a traffic jam. The old WWDB um, put it on listen to uh, uh, an iconic talk show host in the city of Philadelphia named Irv Homer, affectionately known as Evil Irv. And I remember the first time I heard him, he was on a rant about Ronald Reagan. And I happened to be a Ronald Reagan fan. He wasn't perfect, but I happened to be a Ronald Reagan fan. And Irv was up one side of him and down the other and making fun of him and going crazy. And he did that for about two or three minutes. And I sat there and listened to that. I turned it off. I put Irv Homer in a box. He's one of those. And I I did not listen to Irv Homer for two years. Again, two years later, I was in a traffic jam. I flipped it on, happened to be on WWDB. Oh, what's this idiot got to say? He made so much sense for the next hour. And I'm thinking, is this the same guy? I I put this guy in a box. Did he have an epiphany or something? No. He was a libertarian. He wasn't on the left. He wasn't on the right. uh, Or a Democrat or Republican, I should say. Um, 
sometimes he's going to say something, at least for me, that's going to anger me. But probably most of the time is going to make a lot of sense. Now, this is a perfect example of me for two years. I could have been educated by this guy because he was a pretty bright guy. He had a lot of good things to say. I agreed with him probably 70% of the time, which is a fair amount of time. I wrote him off. I put him in a box. I heard what he had to say. Hey, if anybody's slamming Ronald Reagan that bad, he must be a dot, dot, dot. And he was not. And that's what we all suffer from today. You would be surprised how many people probably think the way you do about much of the chaos that's going on in this world. And they just happen to have a D next to their name or they're supporting some politician that's got a D next to their name. And, and you got to talk to those people. You can't write them off. Um, that's all I'm saying. Colossians 3.15, um, we're winding down here, says, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you are called to peace. How do you be peaceful when you throw the uh, television on and you see craziness in the streets? How can you possibly be peaceful when you think your neighbor has lost it? Um, you know, Philadelphia, we're right here. And, and in Philadelphia, there's, uh, as we said on the show a few weeks ago, ATMs are blowing up. Cop cars are being burned. Um, how, how in the world are you peaceful as, as any a Christian or anybody uh, during those periods of time? Well, we go to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We go to this first. There are several more in the Bible. We go to our prayer closet, our bedroom, whatever you want to call it. Um, turn off all the electronics. Um, turn off your family. Turn off work. And you just open the Word of God. Or you don't even open the Word of God. You just get before God and say, what in the world is going on out there? What do you want me to do? I am stressed out to the max. How do I deal with this? Please give me that peace that um, is just beyond comprehension, as uh, Philippians four, six, and seven says. It's just it's it's not understandable to the to the human, but it is understandable to God up above. So, um, in the midst of chaos, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is Paul, who's in a box, who. Um, his life is, has been threatened and he's been an inch from his um, death several occasions. He's in a box once again and he's telling people to be peaceful. Amazing. Just amazing stuff. And, and we cannot do this without God. We cannot do this without Jesus Christ. So we need Jesus Christ during these tumultuous times. Next verse, uh, it says, or the continuation of Colossians 3.15, be thankful. How thankful are you? Are we just looking out at everything that's going wrong? We look at those uh, five or six news stories that I ticked off in the beginning and just get more and more angry and more and more angry and more and more angry. In the midst of that, uh, being righteously indignant is fine. Being concerned with those things is fine. Talking to people about those things. What do you think? How can we heal this? How can we rectify that? That's fine. But in the midst of it, just for a couple seconds, hopefully more than that during the day. Are you peppering in some thanks to the Most High God for your health, for your wealth, for your uh, spouse, for your family, for your car, for your employment, for living in the greatest country that God has ever created? Are, are you doing that? 
um, we got to be thankful because if we're not thankful, we're something other than thankful and that's not good. We're concluding here. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There again, gratefulness. But that verse in the beginning of it, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Wow, we're supposed to teach and admonish one another? Uh, hey, man, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I pay my taxes. I work hard. I, uh, I play a little golf. I, I'm, I'm nice to my wife and kids. Leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not teaching anybody. I'm not admonishing anybody. Well, you are, uh, you are charged to do that. And, and that takes on, as I said before, many, many, many different looks. Um, you may not be opening a word, but you may be teaching people by your conduct, the things you do, um, how you comport yourself at work, um, how you look at people with differing views from you. Um, those, those are all you are teaching whether you want to or not. Now I'm talking to the born again Christians here. The eyes are on you guys and, um, make no mistake. The left, um, particularly those on the godless left are are looking fast and furiously for um, somebody that purports to know Christ holding up a stupid sign doing something stupid doing something hateful doing something unloving um, violating Colossians 3 8 coming and going they're looking for you and so if if you are someone that feels that you have the right God, if you will, the right message, if you will, the right antidote for this country, if you will, you better be careful because people are looking at you and you are teaching without even opening your mouth by your conduct. And they will find you. They always do. They will go to the most peaceful protest or organizational meeting that you could find. And they will find the one Christian that's a lunatic holding up a sign and then it's done. Um, the word of God has just been urinated on. God himself is shaking his head like this is this is you are an ambassador of me, please. Um, so that's where, you know, um, looking the other way when your favorite politician may be conducting him or herself in a way that's very unchristlike. You're you're teaching right then and there um, people. Oh, you like that guy? Well, that guy's about this, this, and this. And these comments are coming from people that are not Christians. They just know the basics of Christianity. And when they see somebody that's not doing those things, and then they see that you're giving that person a pass on those things, and then they look at you, do you think the, the, the word of God is forwarded? No, you, you, are, you are forwarding confusion. That's what you're doing. So... Um, we conclude here. We said we would do Colossians 3, 1 through 17, and we're wrapping it up here. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, that is a great way to wrap it up today, um, whether in word or deed. Uh, those of you that say, it's just not me. I, I don't I don't like political discussions. I don't like conflict. I don't like stepping on toes. And you know what's kind of interesting about me personally? I've been doing talk radio for 17 years. 
people try to get me into it at um, you know uh, functions and stuff, family gatherings, and I, I I just shut it down. I start talking about the weather and I start talking about the shrimp puffs and people are like, "Why do you do that?" I thought you love this stuff. No, I, I really don't. I do it. I, I I'm good at it. I like it, but. The reason I'm mentioning that is I can relate wholeheartedly to those of you that just don't like talking about this stuff. It makes you want to take a shower. It makes you feel like you hurt somebody's feelings. You're conflict averse. I get it. But this verse and several others we read today here says, in word or deed, at the least, maybe you're calling um, when you get along with God and say, this world is whacked. What do I do? What do I do? How do I conduct myself? How do I... How do I educate or minister to a really lost world? Um, maybe you can start with your deeds. Um, sometimes, um, oftentimes, how you conduct yourself is much more powerful than the things you say. So whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I hate to take these complex issues of the day and break them down into an acronym, but oftentimes I do, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I oftentimes say that because people have this really twisted construct that politics is over here and religion's over here, and they really cannot uh, ever touch each other. Now, that that is beyond foolishness. Um, if you have a president or a governor, or in our case, a vice president or a an alderman or a mayor, whomever, that's a believer in the Lord and gets wisdom for the Lord. I mean, how good is that? How they um, um, execute decisions and uh, pen laws? Don't wouldn't you want the Most High God in mind when you your representatives are doing that? I mean, are and there's the rub, you know, uh, the, the, we are so woeful in our educational basis here. People don't even realize that that our laws are founded on Judeo-Christian principles. So right then and there, religion and politics intersect, um, like it or not. So um, this is where we're at. And, you know, I, I will close by just saying this. I always go back to James 1, 5, which talks about wisdom. If you don't know what to do, um, ask God. He'll tell you where to start. It may be very, very simple. Uh, it may be with just your deeds. But at the least, at the, at the, at the 50,000-foot level, it is with WWJD. You enter into discussions before you get on Facebook and do something stupid, before you email, before you text and do something stupid uh, at work or in a family member, before you have another drink and raise your voice at a family gathering, WWJD. We are living in some very tumultuous times, ladies and gentlemen, and how you comport yourself um, is very important. And if you think you have the way and you have the answers, and we as Christians, we do, um, bold statement, but factual, then we better be really careful and, and mindful of how God wants us to forward this thing and to influence people and influence our culture. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.